This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Hallelujah. We came out of Romans 8.32, the Amplified Version. We, we talked about that God not wanting, uh, he, he didn't even spare his own son. Why would he not give us freely all things? Amen. Hallelujah. And it's from that standpoint, amen, we're going to look at the promises of God today. Amen. All right. What's our next slide? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. We're going to come out of 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. We're looking at the New Living Translation. Amen. This, once again, is the Apostle Paul. Amen. And uh, in this instance, um, he was not able to see the Corinthian church in person. So there was some doubt about his word, about the validity of his word. And also there was a feeling there that sometimes God would say yes to his promises and sometimes God would say no. So they, they, they felt insecure about the promises of God like many of us do. Amen. And his, this is what Paul had to say to him. He says, for all the promises have been fulfilled in Christ. So Christ is the fulfillment of all the promises of God. We have to think of it that way, that he is the ultimate promise of God and every promise of God finds its fulfillment in him. So in turn, if we are in Christ, we have access to all the promises of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't see it that way as Christians that we're in Christ. We used to be in Adam, but now we're in Christ. When we were in Adam, we could be wishy-washy about, is God going to do this? Is God going to do that? Because uh, the, the, the old covenant was based on our behavior. Do good, get good. Do bad, get bad. But under the new covenant, it was, it's based, the promises are based on the behavior of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he lived perfectly. He fulfilled all the requirements of the law. Amen. And has now given us access to, for those of us that are in him. We are believers. We are in him. We are in the new human race that is in Christ. Amen. We have access to all the promises of God. Hallelujah. For all the promises of God have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes. So it's always yes to, uh, to, to promises of God. That God's always ready and willing. Yes, I will keep my promises. Because the new covenant is an unconditional agreement. In other words, uh, it's between Father God and Christ, this covenant. Amen. And we that are in Christ partake of all the blessings. Amen. Hallelujah. Without any hindrances. It is yes always. It's not yes and sometimes no. It's yes, 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 yes. My promises are good. My promises are yours. Yes. All right. Let me read it one more time. For all, the God, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Amen. So in other words, we give God glory by saying amen to the promises of God. We are, we are, Paul is speaking here from a standpoint of an apostle that uh, he's sharing the promises of God. Hallelujah. And he's saying amen to it. And we as believers who receive this uh, scripture as being true, amen, we say amen as well, uh, which um, carries the meaning that we, we, we hear it, we believe it, we receive it. We know that all the promises are available to us. So Hallelujah. I believe the King James Version says the promises of God are yea and in him. Amen. Hallelujah. So. Yes, from God. Yes, from the apostles like Paul and yes, from us as believers. Yes, we believe it. The promises are good. They're available. There are no hindrances. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So all the promises are available to us. Now, there's an argument to be made from certain scholarly circles that God made most of his promises to the Israelites. 
or made all of his promises to the Israelites. And to a degree that is true, but if we understand that Jesus, when he walked the earth, was an Israelite, a Jew, and if we are in him, we have access, and we are in him as Christians, we have access to all the promises of the Bible through Jesus, even those that weren't made directly to Christians between God and Christians, amen, we have access to all the promises of the Bible through the Jewish Jesus. We're in him. We're in him legally. Obviously, we're not physically in him right now. We're on the earth. But legally, our stance, as God looks at mankind, in particular, believing mankind, he looks at us through Christ. We are in him. And we have access to all the promises of the Bible. So I can, so I can claim a Deuteronomy 28 promise <clears throat> through Christ. That I'm the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower. Amen? I know we're getting a little technical here. Amen? But know that all of God's promises are available to you and I who are Christians through Christ. And he's ready and willing to bless us. Amen? All right. So point number one. According to Bible to, to the Bible commentary of Jameson, Fawcett and Brown, which is a real famous Bible commentary, the whole range of Old Testament and New Testament promises are secure in their fulfillment for us in Christ. So we don't need to be uh, thinking that God is wishy washy. Amen. These promises, both Old and New Testament, are secure. They are um, available to us in Christ. All right. Paul's message is that the promises are guaranteed and cannot be changed. Unlike the words of men, which gave the Corinthians and we as modern day Christians, hallelujah, confidence that God will do and fulfill what he promised throughout the Bible for his people. So the words of men, uh, you know, we could be like, well, I don't know if he's going to do what he said or she's going to do what she said. Excuse me. We are guaranteed. We, we have an assurance that if God said it, God's going to do it. It may not come in the timing that we want, but if God said it, if God promised it, it shall come to pass. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of y'all are waiting on promises. Hallelujah. So am I. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But God will do it. It's not a man that he should lie. Hallelujah. Amen. What are the promises of God that were fulfilled in Christ? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at that. Amen. We're going to go to John 2 and 6, and we're going to read from the Amplified Version. Amen. This is the account of um, Jesus' first miracle. Amen. He went to a wedding. Wedding in Cana. Let's think about that for a second. Jesus went to a wedding as a guest. Marriage is good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me leave that at that. Hallelujah. All right. So let's read John 2 and 6, Amplified Version. Now there were, now in this, um, in this account, Jesus' mother was there at the wedding too. And she encouraged Jesus to perform a miracle uh, for um, this this uh, wedding. Amen. And he protested a little. Amen. But he went ahead and did it anyway. And um, let's read this account. It says, now there were six stone water pots. Now we know six is the number of man. Stone represents the law, the Ten Commandments. They were written on stone. These water pots, amen, represent clay vessels or we as human beings are vessels, amen. We can be vessels for God or vessels for the devil, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are, uh, we, God can move in us as I prayed today. I prayed that he would move in me and through me, amen. Hallelujah. So those words that are used there have significance. Let me read it again. Now, there were six stone water pots. Set there for the Jewish custom of purification. Amen. So the Jews would use this water to cleanse themselves. We, we spoke about this several weeks ago that water 
uh, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, amen, that water represented a purification, amen, uh, to the Jews. Now, obviously, uh, as Christians, amen, we know that water in and of itself, the physical water cannot cleanse us spiritually, amen, and it's merely symbolic, amen, but for them, it was literal, okay, hallelujah. So there were, at this Jewish wedding, there were uh, water pots set for the Jewish custom of purification or ceremonial washing containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Okay. Stay with me. Jesus said to the servants, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. Verse eight. Then he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter of the banquet so that they took it to him. So what's going on here? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus performs his first miracle where he turns, and we're all familiar with this, where he turns water into wine. So they were trying to become pure through ceremonial washing. Amen. Hallelujah. But here Jesus is conveying that, and here's our point too, Jesus is the true source of joy. So in the, in the, the first miracle that Jesus performed, turning water into wine is representative of, of joy amen hallelujah that jesus brings joy so here our point two is jesus the true source of joy wine represents joy amen for mankind not keeping the law we talked about the um the stone amen hallelujah from verse six amen hallelujah that the law which represents the law the the law could not bring joy but now here's the savior on the scene turning water into wine and giving us a picture, understanding that it's not through our law keeping that we get the joy of the Lord. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. By his grace, he turned the water into wine. He brought about joy. Amen. Hallelujah. So according to BibleHub.com, joy is the Greek word kata, and it is awareness of God's grace. It's not the law, which was represented by those stone that was uh, one of the th uh, three items I mentioned earlier, amen. It's through the grace of God that we can experience the joy of the Lord, which we know from Nehemiah is our strength, amen, hallelujah. So one of the promises of God is for joy, amen. There's so much uh, emotional and mental turmoil today. Wouldn't it be wonderful, amen, if you knew that one of the promises of God that's acted out here through a miracle by Jesus, matter of fact, the first miracle is that joy is ours. Hallelujah, glory to God. Anybody need some joy, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah, Jesus performing this miracle is letting us know that it's available to us by his grace, amen, that we might live in joy, hallelujah. Glory to God. Joy, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. We depend so much on happiness, on happenings, that things go our way, amen. But joy comes by grace and it's from within by way of God's spirit, amen, hallelujah. And it's a sense, gives us a sense of well-being that we have, that we have an understanding, hallelujah, that we have been forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future, and we are aware of this gracious act by Christ. Hallelujah. In other words, we can't be redeemed by the law. We are redeemed by the sacrifice of Christ at the cross. We are brought back. We are in good favor with God. Hallelujah. By Jesus's act of grace. Amen. And here through the illustration of this miracle of turning water into wine. Amen. Hallelujah. It's saying that Jesus brings us joy by way of his grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Amen. Provision. We're talking about the promises of God. We just spoke about joy. Let's look at provision now. All right. This is the account where Jesus feeds 5,000. He says, and they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. There were thousands of people that came to hear Jesus speak. And they were in a remote place. And the disciples wanted to send them away to find food in the villages that were a little ways off. But Jesus was saying to them, they don't have to go anywhere. I'll provide for them. I'll feed them. So let me read verse 14, 17 again. 
uh, chapter 14, verse 17 again, it says, and they say unto him, this is the disciples speaking to Jesus. We have here but five loaves and two fishes. So five and two is seven. So they had a complete, um, it was, comp it was per they had a perfect amount of what God could use to be a blessing. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. Verse, uh, jump down to verse 19. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took five loaves and two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Verse 20, and they did all eat and were filled and they took up the fragments that remained 12 full baskets. A lot going on here. Amen. Jesus showed himself to be the God that provides. Where he fed, now it says 5,000 was just the men, amen. So some estimates that there were 15,000 people there, if you include the women and the children, amen. Upwards of 15,000, amen. So Jesus here taking uh, five loaves of barley bread, amen, hallelujah, and two fish fed upwards of 15,000 people, amen, hallelujah. God is a provider. They were in a remote place, amen, hallelujah, where they could not depend on, hallelujah, the uh, nat on, on nature, amen, hallelujah, or in the natural, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. And Jesus supernaturally provided, amen. God can provide for you, even when, hallelujah, sometimes we lean too heavily on the government or we lean too much on other people, amen, and don't realize that God can provide. Quick testimony, amen, during this pandemic, amen, I was challenged, amen. I, in my everyday job, am an hourly worker, amen, and when the pandemic hit, I was forced to stay home like many of you, amen, hallelujah, and as an hourly worker, I was not um, guaranteed to get paid, amen, as we were on stay-at-home orders, amen. But God is a provider, amen, hallelujah, that caused that I got paid my regular salary for two and a half months when I was staying at home. He is a provider, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. I had to do nothing but stay home and I was still getting paid despite being an hourly provider because I chose to lean and trust in the Lord. I wanna encourage you to do the same that God will provide. I'm not advocating laziness or being slothful. I'm advocating leaning on Jesus as your provider, amen, and whatever he leads you to do, amen, do so, and his promises will be fulfilled in your life, amen. Hallelujah. What's our point number three here? Jesus provided for over 5,000 people that came to hear his word and he can, will provide for us as modern day Christians. Jesus is our true provider. Yes, I have a job, but who gave me the job? Who moved upon those uh, that were looking to hire me? Amen. Hallelujah. That I might have a job. Who moved upon those in leadership that I got paid along with my coworkers, although we are hourly workers it is God. He is my true source. He should be your true source. Somebody say hallelujah. Jesus is a provider. We're talking about the promises of God. We talked about hallelujah. He grants us joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Next, we just talked about that he is our provider. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's see what else the Lord has to say to us today. Healing. Okay. Let's look at healing. Amen. Coming out of Matthew 4:24, the New Living Translation. Amen. And this is talking about Jesus's ministry here. It says news about him spread as far as Syria. I was a northern country uh, connected to Israel. And people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. How many that were sick? All that were sick. And what? whatever their sickness or disease, whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon possessed or an epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Did not discriminate. He just healed them all. Is it God's will to heal you? 
Yes, it is. We need to cut out these prayers for Lord, if it be thy will. Yes, it is his will. He healed them all. Your ailment is not too hard for God. It's God's will that we would be healed. We will go through things because we live in this fallen world. We may experience sickness or afflictions of any kind from time to time because we live in this world. This world has fallen and we have an enemy of our souls coming against us. Amen. And then we also have other issues, emotional, mental issues. Amen. Worry and things of that nature that are too hard on our body. Amen. Hallelujah. But God is ready and willing to heal. Amen. What's our point about this? Amen. Point four. Jesus is ready and willing. Amen. As we uh, we didn't read it today, but look at Matthew eight and three when you get a chance. Amen. That account to heal us as Christians. We must see healing as our inheritance. Amen. Uh, in Matthew 15, 26, Jesus refers to healing as the children's bread. Hallelujah. When one of the Syrian Syrophoenician women came to him and asked for healing for her daughter, even though she wasn't a part of the covenant people, the Israelites, he healed her daughter. Amen. Hallelujah. But he referred to healing as the children's bread. Amen. We as children of God, it's our bread. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a little referenced. Amen. To communion as well. Amen. Hallelujah. So in Christ, rather than something having rather than having to beg God for it to happen in our lives, we have to see healing as our inheritance. Healing is my blood bought right. It's not something I have to manipulate God. It is something that is mine. He died to give it to us. So healing is one of the promises of God. You and I know Christians that have died and in our perception is before their time. This is a tough what I'm about to say to you, but there are times and instances in my life and in the lives of others that I have talked to and have experienced where healing was seen as more of something that I have to get God to do rather than something he is willing to do. And it may sound like a subtle difference, but it's a huge difference. You have to know that healing is your blood bought right to have. Because this evil world, the devil, and even our own bodies will conspire against us. You've got to know it. That it's yours. And that's not to say that we won't have at some point have our lives, our physical lives expire on this earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That he, we, we do have eternal life, but right now that's the inner man. And we'll get into that later. Amen. Glory to God. But we do not have to die before our times. Amen. Paul delayed his death because he knew that the church needed him. He said, it would be better for me to go, but for your sake, I'm going to stay and continue to teach you about Christ. Amen. He knew that healing was his inheritance through Christ. Not something that he had earned, but something that Christ had earned for him and ultimately earned for us. We're talking about the promises of God. Healing is a part of our inheritance, our blood bought inheritance in Christ. The promises of God, healing is ours. Amen. You need to take that communion. You need to declare over yourself and your body. Amen. That I am healed. Amen. By his stripes, I am healed. Amen. Glory to God. And mean it and know it. Doesn't mean live recklessly. It just means, hallelujah, live in the flow of God's will. Amen. Let's move on. Financial needs. Oh, okay. That's there's another biggie. Matthew 17, 27. Amen. This is account of uh Peter and Jesus being approached about paying taxes. Let's see what happens. Amen. Jesus says, notwithstanding, lest we should offend. We're going to deal with that word offend in a second. Lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast, 
cast an hook and take up the fish that cometh first, that cometh up, that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. Amen. So this word offend in the Greek is scandalizo. Amen. Probably where we get the word, the, American, the English word scandal from. Hallelujah. So scandalizo in the Greek. Amen. It means properly a set a snare or a stumbling block or figurative to, figuratively uh, to hinder uh, right conduct or thought. So Jesus was being mindful of the unbelievers that were around him and uh, that he should pay, the, uh, although he being God chose to pay his taxes and the taxes for Peter as well. Amen. He didn't want to be a stumbling block to them believing that he was God. Amen. That, ooh, you don't pay taxes. So to get all that out the way, although he's God, and he could have definitely taken that stance to, to, to get that earthly carnal thought out the way. He just went ahead and paid it. I'm God. Whatever. It's no biggie to me. But we see here that Jesus not only paid for himself, but he paid for Peter. But how did he have Peter have get his needs met financially? Amen. He had P Peter being a fisherman. He had Peter do something that he was familiar with. In other words, go to the sea and cast the hook and take up a fish. In, in other words, go fishing. Do that which you're familiar with. Do that which I've blessed you to be talented or skilled at already, amen, and you will find the money, amen, hallelujah. God often will use those things that are familiar to us as a means to bring that which we need financially into our lives, hallelujah, glory to God. He didn't just, hallelujah, snap his fingers and just have it in his hands and give it to Peter. He had Peter do something that was familiar, something that he was good at. Amen. God, li listen to God and let him lead you into the path where your financial need will be met. Amen. Certainly this was a miracle. Amen. Glory to God. But he used uh, everyday means to bring about this miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. So what's our point here? Aim point point here. Point five. Christ cares for and will even provide for our financial needs as we follow his leading. Hallelujah. You know, last year, about this time, a little last summer, summer of 2019, I got laid off from my job. Not of any fault of my own. I just got laid off. The, the, the place I was working was no longer able to keep me as an employee they had some financial troubles but instead of panicking and, and you know I did feel something inside me I'm human I felt something I felt you know what am I going to do but I look what, what I chose to do is look to Jesus amen and he led me to the job I'm on now he spoke clear as day go here and do that amen and through this job, because he could see in the future and I can't, hallelujah, he knew that this job would be a blessing to me. He knew that the pandemic would come about, that the enemy would move upon the world and, and bring about this pandemic. And how do we know that this enemy, why would God kill his people? What, what, what lesson is, are we supposed to gain if we're dead? All right. So it's not God. This is not God. This is the enemy. This is this fallen world. Amen. So back to my point through this job, they not only paid me during the pandemic. I got a bonus for being an employee at the job during the pandemic. I wouldn't have got that at my other job. God's a provider. And he will meet your financial needs. And it gave me the confidence and the assurance that God was taking care of me and my family. So that I was not pulling out the little hair that I have left and I don't have much. Amen. Not knowing how our needs were going to be met. He, undeserved, provided me with a bonus through my job. I couldn't have foreseen that a year prior. But he did. 
God is a provider for your financial needs. Won't we, won't we lean on him? We, even as Christians, live with a mentality that we live in this dog-eat-dog world. We got to get every little crumb that we can get. And we lack often to look towards him first to lead us how our needs will be met. So it's not that Peter was just sitting there and just started pouting and God just snapped his fingers and gave him the money to pay for his taxes. Amen. There was something he had to do. He had to follow the leading of what Jesus was telling him to do. And in the same token, amen, we have to be sensitive to God's communicating to us. Amen. Sometimes we got to get quiet before him and allow God to speak to us. Amen. About what we should do to have our financial needs met. And he will supernaturally provide for us. We may look at it as mundane, but God can move through the mundane to bring about a miracle. Somebody say amen. Someone is in financial need. I want to encourage you amen to lean on god if you're unsaved stay to the end of the service and we're going to pray the prayer of salvation with you amen but for those of you who are christians have you looked to god and not look to him and in, in a begging way but look to him with a confidence with assurance that he will meet the need but we wait on him and we allow him to lead us and guide us into all truth amen let's move on amen peace Anybody need some peace? Anybody been stressed during this pandemic? Anybody been uh, at their wits end? Let's look at John 14, 27 for the Amplified Version. This is Jesus uh, and, and, and John um, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Those chapters, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his crucifixion, that he would be leaving them. Amen. And here he's trying to comfort them. And he says in John 14, 27, the Amplified Version, he says, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So this is not, this is not a worldly peace. Like traveling somewhere nice, which is not evil. It's wonderful. But it's not that. It's beyond that. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. So there is... There is a role we play to not let our heart be troubled, that we keep looking towards him. Nor let it be afraid. So here it's saying, don't let your heart be afraid. We live in this fallen world and, 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 and we, or we look at this 24-hour news cycle. We can become afraid, amen, if we look to that as the ultimate source. Got to look to him. It says, let my perfect peace calm you. In every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Do you look to God for peace? He is the source of peace. Saying, I'm not going to leave. I'm, I'm about to be crucified. I'm about to uh, ascend to heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. But I want to leave you something. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives you peace, but my peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are a lot of challenges to our mental health, to our emotional health. Now, we already spoke about joy. Amen. Hallelujah. But here's another component. Peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One of the promises of God is to leave us peace. Hallelujah. Let's look at another scripture. Amen. John 16, 33. Amen. It says, uh, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Where's peace? In Jesus. In the world you shall have tribulation. He's telling us that in the world, this world that we live in, we'll have tribulation. But in him, we'll have peace. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So my peace, the things I accomplish at the cross, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, and my peace, amen, are greater than the tribulation of the world. Talked about the 24-hour news cycle. We got an upcoming election, amen. We have, uh, whether we're going to get a stimulus check or not get a stimulus check, uh, 
we got the uh, like 190,000 people have died because of the pandemic. Amen. The world does not offer us peace. We can't travel. Amen. Without having to be quarantined when we come back, the world offers us tribulation. It offers us to be unsettled, but in Jesus, there is peace. Let's look at this word peace and see what it means. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me blow it up the screen a little bit so I can read it to you. Peace in the Greek is a word, irene. Amen. I have it spelled there accurately and phonetically. Amen. And it is from the uh, prefix ero. Amen. In the Greek. And ero means to join, to tie together into a whole. Properly, wholeness. So this peace that Jesus was talking about speaks about wholeness or tying together again. So when all essential parts are joined together, peace is God's gift of wholeness. In a Hebraistic sense of health, it means welfare of an individual. Amen. So Jesus is speaking about our welfare, our, our state of being. Amen. Glory to God. And to get more specific, amen, let's look at point six. Jesus is the source of and cause for peace by reconnecting believing mankind with God. So this wholeness or this tying together that Irene speaks about is, hallelujah, he's talking about my death will reconnect you with God and bring about wholeness in your life. Amen. Any of you out there feeling empty and incomplete and we keep thinking that it's about getting with another human being marrying them or or, or having a boyfriend or girlfriend holly completeness comes in god i'm not anti-marriage i just said i just celebrated my 27th anniversary hallelujah and i'm happy hallelujah god kept me hallelujah but hallelujah often we have two incomplete people coming together and trying to make a whole uh, contrary to conventional understanding, incomplete and incomplete does not mean whole. Does not equal whole. God, the source of everything, when he takes residence by way of the Holy Spirit in our lives, there is a completeness available to us if we would have a knowledge of it and then flow in it. And, and truly embrace our state of being a new creature, uh, i.e. 2 Corinthians 5.17. So this peace or this wholeness or in this wholeness that all of our needs would be met uh, through the promises of God, that they are not something we have to beg or work for or manipulate God for, but they are ours through God's benevolence, through the finished work of Christ at the cross, hallelujah, that all the promises are ours, we can experience a divine peace. So let me read this again. Jesus is the source of and cause for peace by reconnecting believing mankind or Christians with God and thus making him her whole or complete. Believers have the opportunity to enjoy the very peace that Christ enjoys as they put their trust in him. Amen. He says, my peace I give to you. So the peace that I enjoy, I give to you. Peace is an important component in the lives and the walk of a Christian. Amen. And he wants you to enjoy peace when you sleep. Peace when you go to your job. Peace as you interact with others. Peace. Wholeness. I am a child of God. And the promises of God are available to me. Amen. I can walk confidently. I can be at rest, at ease as I live this life. Because peace is a blood-bought right that is mine as a believer in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's your blood-bought right if you are a believer in Christ. Amen. Let me hurry up. The time is flowing by. Amen. Jesus came to give us life. He didn't come to kill us. He came to give us life. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the account, amen, of uh, Lazarus, amen, where Jesus, where Lazarus was sick and then subsequently died. Let's read the account. We're going to jump around in this chapter 11 a little bit. Uh, for the sake of time, let me speed up. Jesus said to her, amen, he said to Martha, amen, hallelujah, I am the resurrection 
and the life. Amen. That resurrection and life flows from Christ. Amen. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trust in, and relies on me as Savior will live even if he dies. Amen. So Jesus here is saying that, hallelujah, it's through me that resurrection occurs, that life occurs. I am the source of resurrection and life. Let's move on. Verse 26, he says, and everyone who lives and believes in me as Savior will never die. Now, right now, in our current state, this is our inner man will never die. Amen. Or be separated from God. Hallelujah. De death in the Bible speaks of separation uh, between man and God. Amen. It says, do you believe this? My question to you is, do you believe this? Amen. We're going to skip down to verse 43. Hallelujah. And when he had said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now, Lazarus in the Greek, which the New Testament portion of the Bible is written in, is an abbreviation of the name Eleazar. And it means whom God helps or assistance of God. Jesus came to help us. To assist us. To give us life. Let's look at our point. Hallelujah. Oh, one more scripture, excuse me. And out came the man who had been dead, his hands and feet tightly wrapped in burial clothes, linen strips, and with a burial cloth wrapped around his face, Jesus said to them, Unwrap him and release him. So he had on the burial clothes. Hallelujah. So I just gave you the scripture that you see that, uh, uh, that Lazarus certainly did come forth. He responded to the word of God. Jesus bid him to come, come out. And he came out. Amen. Hallelujah. Point seven. It was never God's intent for man to die. You must know this. It was never God's intent for us to die. Death is a result of the fall of man. Adam chose to disobey God. God had given him the instructions that if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or in other words, if you disobey me, amen, hallelujah, and take on uh, an understanding that you are not equipped for you will die or you will live separated from me amen in a certain sense separated from me amen hallelujah so it was never god's intent for man to die or be separated from from his spirit or his inner man to be separated from his body jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly eternal life is promised to all believers in christ for now it is relegated to the spirit soul or inner man but one day believers will restore eternity to eternally to live in a body. Amen. So in other words, Jesus promised us life. Hallelujah. Let me say this again. Amen. It's not so much that Jesus came. Amen. Down to earth to make bad men good. And that's what Christianity and my experience of Christianity has mostly been about that bad men be made good. And I was wrong. And I was a minister. I was an ordained minister. Jesus's main point was to make dead people alive. The promise of life is our blood-bought right. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, or we were separated from God in our trespasses and our sins. And Jesus came and died in our place, became our scapegoat, so that we might once again be made alive, reconnected with God, have a spirit live in us, we become alive spiritually, amen, glory to God, and on top of that, amen, have the promise of having a new body given to us, and then we will live eternally, amen, with God, and in a new body, somebody say hallelujah, glory to God, so we should not fear death, amen, or physical separation of the spirit and the body, amen, because Jesus has promised us, and it's a guarantee for eternal life. For God so loved the world that whosoever believe of him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It starts now with our inner man, but one day we will have a new body that we will live in that will not get sick, that will not die. Amen. Hallelujah. A body that is spirit and flesh. Hallelujah. Not blood, but spirit and flesh and bone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So Jesus promised his life. I know there's a pandemic going on. I know the world is a unsettling place. But if you're believing in Christ, you have a blood-bought right 
to life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And those that we have lost in Christ, we will see again. Hallelujah. It's hard being separated from those that you love by, by this temporary death. But if they were in Christ, you will see them again. And there's even some that we weren't aware that accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior that we'll see again. And for our own lives, we have eternal life. Somebody say hallelujah. We're talking about the promises of God. Amen. Forgiveness of sins. We're going to end on this last one. Amen. Forgiveness of sins. Amen. This is the account where they brought the, uh, the man with palsy. The friends brought him um, to uh, Jesus. Amen. They, I think they've taken the roof off the house and, and lowered him to where Jesus was. All right, let's see what happens. What's Jesus' response? He says, but that you may know that the Son of Man, he's, that's his title as, uh, uh, of, as Christ, amen, Son of Man, have power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up thy bed and go unto thine house. Amen. Glory to God. So here, Jesus, before he said, arise and take up thy bed, he had said, son, thy sins be forgiven. Amen. And, and the Jews were very upset that were around Jesus when he said this. Amen. Because only God could forgive sins. And they're saying, are you saying you're God? And yes, he was God. It's the God man. Had flesh and blood, amen, as a man, but his spirit was the son of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he forgives sins. You know, there are a lot of Christians that struggle that they're forgiven. And Jesus came to do a complete work, amen, to take us from a state of sin to a state of righteousness. So even though we are still imperfect, amen, from a standpoint of our behavior and our conduct, amen, we're in a state of righteousness, amen, and Jesus is sanctifying us by way of his spirit constantly, amen. And 1 John um, 1 and 7 says he cleanses us of all our sins. This, is a, this, this cleanses is a, a, a Greek word that means a constant cleansing. When we talked about the Holy Spirit, his ministry, we talked about the living water, uh, the living water gives us a constant cleansing. So the Holy Spirit constantly cleanses us. Amen. We're being worked on morally, but legally we are in a place of righteousness. We have been forgiven of our sins. No, this is not a license to sin. It is a license to believe that you have been forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. It would have been futile for Jesus to come and just die for our sins that we committed before salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we have, would have forfeited our salvation after we got saved by falling back into sin. Amen. Jesus being smarter than us, God being smarter than us, God looking at an overarching uh, period of time that man is on earth, paid for sin in totality. He did not make a, an installment plan. He didn't put it on a layaway plan. He paid for the state of sin for all of mankind. Amen. Forever. Now those that are received Jesus as their Lord and Savior receive this forgiveness. Those that are unsaved do not. They're invited to, but they have yet to. We are forgiven. A promise of God is that we are forgiven. We walk in forgiveness of sins, but we have to know it. We waste our time, too much time, on trying to correct people's behavior. The, the message is to let people know they are forgiven. It, it will have a counterintuitive um, effect on people. Hallelujah. Counterintuitive in that we believe as human beings, if we tell people they're forgiven of their sins, past, present, and future, then they're going to go out here and have a license to sin. Amen. As opposed to God's intent that they would, hallelujah, understand their place in him. Hallelujah. Have the desire to sin. Amen. Washed away over time. Amen. And thus, hallelujah, they walk as, as they follow Christ. They're not thinking about sin. They're thinking about how can uh, I enjoy this relationship with my Savior that did so much for me. 
Hallelujah. And I've been guilty of this. Amen. I've preached about behavior. Even in this grace church, I have done that. God has challenged me. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's, let's kind of veer away from that. Amen. It's not that we shouldn't live right. We should. Amen. Hallelujah. But the way to do that. Amen. Is to emphasize what Jesus did at the cross. And he paid for our sins. We have forgiveness of sins. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. So point eight, amen. Hallelujah. Last point. Jesus came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. A lot of our preachers and myself included, we condemn our memberships. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to challenge you today. Amen. Start preaching about hallelujah. And those of us that are Christians that are trying to minister to our family and loved ones or people we run into on the street. Let's let's take the focus off of behavior amen hallelujah and the forgiveness of sins amen and let the unsaved know that it's not in your good works the ten commandments amen is the testimony of that that it's not through your good works because all of us are guilty according to the ten commandments it's through the saving work of jesus christ at the cross all right jesus came to forgive men of their sins if they put their faith in him jesus jesus ransom ran, jesus's ransom life has redeemed believers or bought believers of the uh, redeemed believers of their sins. Amen. According to Ephesians 1, 7. And it is a promise we can cling to and be liberated by if we only believe. You know, too many of us are still beating ourselves up for our failings, for our sins. And we open the door to all kinds of things. Let's close that door by believing we are forgiven. I no longer live with the pressure of trying to be perfect. I just look to him and I'm grateful to him for forgiving me my sins. And in doing that over time, I become less aware or less active in imperfection and I start just flowing in his spirit. Hallelujah. And I'm liberated from worry and concerns. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not my job as pastor to prove to you how wonderful I am. It's my job to point to how wonderful he is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I pale in comparison. He is wonderful. Hallelujah. So let's conclude this message today. All right. So in conclusion, the Bible contains approximately 3,500 promises. Now, there's no way we could have gotten to all of those today. Amen. Through Christ, the Christian has access to these promises by way of faith. Seven of these promises were highlighted today in order to encourage us as believers to receive that which Christ has left for us to reign in life with while here on earth. So we can reign in life. Amen. Through these thirty five hundred promises he's made available to us that we've not earned, but that he's earned on our behalf by way of grace amen and we can reign in life like according to romans 5 17 amen hallelujah and just to review amen real quick we talked about joy amen hallelujah joy is a promise from god to us amen hallelujah and the fulfillment of joy is when we're aware of his grace we're aware of all he's done for us at the cross hallelujah joy is not when i go to church and i feel a little something on the inside and i just start running and then, you know that's wonderful i don't want to down that amen but joy is a day-to-day -day understanding of what god did for us at the cross which brings about an, a, a a well-being on the inside of us a healthy emotional state hallelujah glory to god thank you jesus joy Provisions, amen. God will meet our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus provided for the upwards of 15,000, there was 5,000 here speaking of the men, but 15,000 that he fed in a place that could not provide for them naturally. There were no, uh, uh, there were no corner stores, anything like that around. Amen. Hallelujah. The only way that they could be supplied was supernaturally. He had five loaves and two fishes. Amen. Which represents God's number of seven or completeness. He had the raw material. Amen. To multiply. Amen. Into meals for 15,000 people. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God can take what you have and multiply it. And meet your needs. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Provision. God is the provider. We are the receiver. Amen. It's not for us to beg him. Amen. Glory to God. But to believe that it is ours 
because of what he did at the cross. Healing, healing is our inheritance, amen. Let's stop praying. I no longer go to hospitals or when people are sick and ask God to heal them, amen. I declare his healing. It is a promise and I decree it, amen, not arrogantly, but confidently because that's what he promised us, amen. In Matthew 8 and 3, when the man asked him, Would you heal? are you willing to heal me? And he said, I am willing, amen, and he healed. God is willing to heal you, amen. It is yours, amen. Obviously, we partake of the communion, amen, hallelujah, where we remember the death of Christ, we remember the cross, amen, hallelujah, and that hallelujah, healing is ours, hallelujah glory to god and also we declare it we decree it amen over our own lives i am healed by his stripes i am healed hallelujah healing is ours financial needs amen where jesus paid hallelujah for the taxes for him and for peter amen hallelujah we spoke about how he led peter to do something that was familiar with him we have to lean on god to have him lead us amen that he is the lead of our finance he's our financial planner he leads us into ways of success he's given us the power to get wealth amen it talks about in deuteronomy 8 amen he leads us amen i gave you the testimony of how god led me to this job and how unbeknownst to me amen hallelujah that he was going to provide me uh with pay hallelujah over the uh pandemic amen and even on top of that give me bonus pay for something i had not earned hallelujah what a god amen he will meet our financial needs we need to lean on him hallelujah and let him lead us into the right paths where our needs are met financially peace amen another aspect of the inner man where we need uh, a healthy mental and emotional uh, selves amen hallelujah that his peace he gives us his very peace amen hallelujah glory to god this world and people can give us chaos amen but he offers us peace amen hallelujah as we as we have an understanding that we're reconnected with god amen that the holy spirit lives inside of us as believers we reconnected and that the promises of god are available to us amen hallelujah and that we can't get true peace from people places or things but it comes from jesus christ hallelujah peace is ours hallelujah life after death or eternal life is ours amen hallelujah that we will live forever amen not in these bodies amen these bodies are weak amen glory to god but we will have a new body but our inner man will live forever and one day be given a new body that will live forever life after death jesus didn't come to destroy us or condemn us but that we might have life and have it more abundantly amen eternal life is ours hallelujah we're talking about the promises of god and the ultimate the forgiveness of sins if you are in christ if you are saved if you are a believer in christ all of your sins past the things you did present the things that you may be messing up with now and things you have not done future have been paid for at the cross this is not a license to sin but a license to believe that you are forgiven and see the benefits of that knowledge of your forgiveness radiate throughout your life and see how it leads you away from sin amen and to a lifestyle amen that is holy pastor brown's against sin god's against sin but his way of doing it is giving us an understanding that we are forgiven of our sins you if you're in christ if you're saved you're not a sinner you're a saint amen glory to god now you're still being worked on morally but legally before the universe you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus he's working on you morally the holy spirit's working on you amen this is why we have to get in the word too amen the word acts at like a water like a cleaning agent but legally the you are righteous morally yes he's still working on us morally meaning our our ability to live a good and clean life a holy life amen holiday he's still working on us but legally we are righteous we are forgiven of our sins amen so the promises of god joy provision healing financial needs peace life after death forgiveness of sins which is the granddaddy of them all hallelujah and that's just seven of the 3500 promises that are there and available to us through the jewish 
Jesus. He lived a life of a Jewish person. Amen. We claim the promises even of the Old Testament through the Jewish Jesus who secured these promises for us. Somebody say amen. I am done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, if you were impacted by this message about Jesus Christ and want to receive his love and forgiveness, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day going to heaven. So God bless you, God loves you, and go on with the Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.